Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What is up my friends? I do apologize that I am a few minutes late. I was just messing around with some images on my camera to make sure that this comes through as sharply and as clearly as possible for you good folks. So, how we doing? I'm in, I'm ready to go. And you know what? I've been quite pleased to see that a lot of people in Liverpool's fan base are finally starting to come around to the idea that FSG are, well, chancers, charlatans, spoofers, you know the you know the drill, you know by now. So, what do we want to start off with tonight? Obviously, we've got Lavia stuff that we need to discuss. The uh, move to Liverpool is edging closer, and I wouldn't be surprised if we got to here we go either tonight or early tomorrow. So keep your eye on that situation. Uh, and I, again, I do apologise sincerely for being a little bit late. There was just issues with my camera. We're using a new camera. I'm trying to get things as crisp and as sharp as possible, so... Yeah, my apologies for being late. I do owe you an apology on that one. So, as always, you guys are going to dictate the show tonight. Let me know what you want to discuss. And I've been monitoring social media a little bit, you know, through posts that I get sent. And apparently, there's um, there's a little bit of elitism going on again in our fan base. Apparently, if you don't get behind the owners, you're not a real fan. That That's apparently the... Um, the nonsense that's been put out there right now. Don't let anybody, and I mean anybody, tell you how to support your football club. You're entitled to your own level of fandom, however you see fit. If you want to call out the owners because you want Liverpool to be successful, you have every right to call those owners out. What I will say is, I need and we need people to come together on this. You know, shouting each other down, belittling each other isn't going to help us. So, what we need to do is what we've continued to do which is let it be known that this is unacceptable, that these owners have to come out and have to support the manager. And I would go as far as to say, maybe this is a little bit uh, controversial, but if you aren't annoyed with the owners right now, if you aren't frustrated at what FSG have done to our club and the lack of ambition they're showing, then I would wonder what you want. I would sincerely ask, what do you expect to happen? Because that, as long as they get away with it, they will continue to do what they've done, which is the bare minimum. 
So again, I want to reiterate, don't let anybody tell you how to support the football club. Don't let anybody talk down to you about how long you've been supporting the club, where in the world you're from. Your voice is the same as any other voice and you will always have a place on Anfield Agenda. Know that because that's what we're about on here, bringing fans together and not, uh, not dividing them, not being elitist, not being up our own backsides because... Others do that. We try to bring people together. I know people think I'm a loudmouth. I know people think that often Craig just rants for the sake of it. I don't. I rant for reasons. And the reason on this occasion, my friends, is that FSG are just, they're winging it. You've seen it. Like, there's no rhyme or reason why we are sitting here now, Tuesday the 8th of August, with a game to go in five days, and we have no defensive midfielder. And we are six players down from the squad that we had last year. I'll reiterate what I said last night. Liverpool have the smallest registered squad in the Premier League. Liverpool. The mighty Liverpool. The most successful club in English football. Right now, the smallest squad. Let that sink in. So, I wasn't on social media to see who said what and who didn't say what. But what I will say is, anybody who tries to tell somebody else that they are not a fan because they don't see the world through their eyes... That's pathetic. That's the argument of somebody who's a cuckold or somebody who absolutely has no argument. So if somebody tries to run you down, if somebody tries to tell you that you're not a real fan if you don't get behind these owners, ask yourself one simple question. How is it benefiting them to be in that camp? How is it benefiting them to stay stum? Because there's usually a reason, right? And that reason is dot, 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 access. So... We've always wanted and set out our goals from day one to say that we're going to be a voice for fans. We're going to bring fans together. But we're not afraid to speak out when we need to. And I will call out John W. Henry and I will call out any other channel or any other media outlet that I think are towing the company line. Because we need solutions. We need transfers. And we need the manager to get backed. Now look, there's a growing argument to say Klopp could be a little bit at fault with some of this and truly that's a discussion I think we should have as fans we all love Jurgen Klopp nobody wants the man to go but we I think a lot of us would like to see him be a bit more a little bit more critical of the owners publicly but it's easier said than done and I do understand that uh, Danny Bingham and again I want to point out before I read this I'm reading this out because it's a super chat not because I'm trying to run anybody down. He said, and thank you for your super chat, Danny, Paul Machen needs calling out absolutely mad. So what I seen was an interaction between one of the guys on that channel and a Liverpool fan who's fairly well known on social media. But what type of arrogance do you have to have to tell somebody else that they're supporting football wrong? What type of arrogance do you have to have to say that if you don't get behind the owners, you're not a real fan? I don't know what would go through somebody's mind to say that. Because, and I've said this numerous times, my friends, I've been lucky enough to get to know Liverpool fans from America, Canada, Australia, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Ireland, Northern Ireland, France, Germany, you name it. I've been fortunate enough over my years on this channel to get to know Liverpool fans around the world. And some of the stuff that you guys do to follow the Reds blows my mind. 
getting up at five or six o'clock to watch league games, traveling a couple of hours to your local supporters club so you can be together in a bar or a restaurant early doors. My friends over in New Zealand and Australia, they have to get into venues early to make sure that they can get there before the place closes at 11 for a late night kickoff. I understand and appreciate and respect these things. That's why at Anfield Agenda, we've always been a voice for fans around the world. Because there's enough people covering the local bases. There's enough great outlets covering social media, podcasts, videos and stuff for locals. But there was nobody to stick up for the overseas fans. There was nobody to stick up for the non-locals. And that's what we've always tried to do here. So that's the starting point. Now it's time to come together and figure out what we can do. We need to protest, said Roger. Uh, Liverpool needs Mbappe. No, we don't. We absolutely don't need Mbappe. Mbappe would only cause us more headaches. And I would suggest probably destabilise the uh, the dressing room, in all honesty. You know, if, imagine Mbappe came in and we were paying him, let's say, 600 grand a week. And then Mohamed Salah asked for a pay increase at the end of the season and we say no. He'd be perfectly within his rights to be annoyed about it, wouldn't he? Because he's just seen somebody, a blow-in, come in and take silly money. Uh, when an individual has an opinion that belittles what you think, just think about their motivation. Opinion is swayed by money and opportunity, said Jeff. Yes, it is, Jeff, at times. Um, I, look, I, I just don't get it. I don't get how somebody can profess to be a fan of Liverpool Football Club and not be disgusted by what we're seeing from our owners. I truly don't. Like, do you not want to see Liverpool succeed? Do you not want to see Liverpool win? Because the truth isn't that we don't have the money, that we don't have the ability to buy these players. We absolutely do. It's a conscious decision by our owners not to spend the money. That cannot go unsaid. And if we can agree on that, if we can agree that there is a possibility to spend this money then I think we all have to come to the conclusion that somebody's stopping it. Who that is, whether that's Klopp, Schmatke, the owners, I guess we can have that conversation. Uh, Bulldog Mayonnaise said, we just need more money for the club, not owners. Can you imagine a net spend of 43 million this summer? So at the moment, my friend, we're not even at that, Adita, and thank you for your super chat. We're not even at an net spend of 43. So Jordan Henderson was, what, fifth? no, sorry, 13 million. Fabinho, 40 million. That's 53. We've got about a million for a youngster. That's 54. And we're probably closing in on seeing that Phillips go. So let's bring that up to 63 million pound. And we've spent 95. So, so far, we're looking at an net spend of about 32 million. But that doesn't tell the entire story. Because the real savings that Liverpool Football Club have seen in this window is partly the Jordan Henderson deal, partly the Fabinho deal, but mostly the wages. And that's what I can't see being brought up enough here. Liverpool Football Club have saved a lot of money in wages by moving on Mane before Firmino, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Milner, Henderson, Fabinho, um, Naby Keita. Like we've moved on a lot of money, which over the course of a season adds up to about 55 or 60 million in wages saved. So the wages argument, which was once used by FSG to justify their lack of spending, is nonsense. Now, Liverpool Football Club aim to be, as the World Premier League clubs, below 70% of um, expenditure versus money that they bring in. Liverpool are currently about 63%, I think, last figures I've seen. So 63% of all Liverpool's incomings are spent on expenses, wages, stuff like that. 
Uh, so we're pretty healthy in that regard. Other clubs are up about 80, 85, some clubs even over the 100% mark. FIFA and UEFA's guidelines, I believe, are about 70%. So again, we're under that threshold. Frederick Clark, thank you, buddy, for joining Anfield Agenda FC. Pleasure to have you with us. Did you honestly think we'd spend more than 100 million on Bellingham? Got sucked in there, mate. Truly, I've said this all along, James, and look, I don't want to keep going over Bellingham, but I, I won't ignore it either because, you know, I was in that conversation. My side of this information, James, was always from the players' camp. So keep that in mind. I always honestly said I did not know the number that Liverpool would pay or that Liverpool were in agreement. I had all the information for the player side. So everything I mentioned was, in my belief, true. Did I get sucked in a bit? Yes, I did, James. I did, and that's on me. And that's a fair point. I did get sucked in because I heard the generational talk. I heard all the same stuff you heard about, you know, saving up money for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity of a player. And we, we, we were cowards. It's that simple. We were cowards and we walked away. But what makes it even more unforgivable is that not only did we walk away, but we walked away and haven't used the money elsewhere. So the money that was apparently there, remember, their words. They didn't want to spend all the Bellingham money on one player. But we haven't even spent that on multiple players. So again, it's just lies. Um, Adita said, can you imagine that spend a 43 million this summer? What the fuck? Yeah, it's not great. Connor said, miss my super chat. Sorry, Connor. Let me scroll back up, my friend. Uh, Craig, you're the best. Thank you. I I'm in agreement with you so far, Connor. Uh, just want to let you know, I just want to know how did the event go? Proud of you. It was good. Um, I'm proud of myself. You know, I don't say that very often, but that was something that was a big hill for me to conquer. It's not for me to say if people enjoyed it or not. You know, people that came will have that. But I, I'm proud and I thank you for your kindness. Right, let's keep going. Does Klopp want to win trophies? I would imagine so, but is it fair to say that Klopp, Klopp hasn't done all he can to put the pressure on the owners? I think, I don't want to call our manager out because I do understand and appreciate that he's in somewhat of an awkward position. You know, he's a good relationship with the owners. He's a good relationship with the fans. And obviously he's got a good relationship with his staff and players. But at the same time, there is a valid argument to say, why isn't he being a little bit more critical? Why isn't he putting the pressure on FSG that little bit more? I'm not asking him to go full on Antonio Conte or Rafa Benitez, but, you know, to keep reminding and say, we need players. We need to solve the position of DM. We need to solve a left-sided centre-back. I think, you know, you can say a lot without saying a lot, if you get where I'm coming from. Uh, Anthony said, don't know why, but I've been re-watching Liverpool versus United 7-0. 7-0, by the way. Anthony, 7-0, mate. Thank you for the super chat. 7-0. And I'll never forget that. Dog died, don't care. 7-0. Girlfriend left me, guess what? Don't care. 7-0. John spent most of the war chest on Linda's... I'm not going to speak about somebody's wife, mate, so I'm not going to use that last word because I know people think I'm a gobby fool, but I do have lines I won't cross and people's family are out of bounds. Best channel about shout out for my eight-year-old son, Rafa. Absolutely, Rafa. My man, how are we, young man? I hope you're well. Thank you for watching. I apologize for the bad language, Rafa, but I hope you forgive me. Craig, I couldn't stand up and talk to people. Well done. Yeah, it was really nerve-wracking, Carl. Because look, right now I'm sitting here, I'm talking to you guys. And there's 2,700 people in the chat. 
if those were 2,700 people sitting in bums on seats, I would probably curl up in the fetal position. Um, but look, what I want to give you guys what I know about Lavia, and then we can go from there. So I believe from the journalists and the information that I have at hand that you will get the here we go for Romeo Lavia very, very soon. Last night when Liverpool's third bid was rejected by Southampton, the fourth bid went in quickly. Liverpool did look to act to get this done. You may have also seen today, or you may not, that Southampton had a League Cup game. Romeo Lavia was not part of the squad for this game. Not just not on the, not on the bench, not part of the squad. Also, Sasha Tavalieri has said today that from the player's side, he and his representatives and his family have made it very clear to Southampton that the kid wants to move to Liverpool, that the kid is ready to go and that the kid wants the move to happen. So all it takes now is for Liverpool to just secure the payment structure of how they get to this 50 million. But I truly would be astonished. I would even say it's not out of the realms of possibility that while we're live, something could break. But either way, you will get news in the next 24 hours about Romeo Lavia. That much I'm, com I'm confident to come on here and say. So that one will get over the line. And even though I'm happy about it, I'm still unhappy about how we got to this point. Because as Jamie Carragher said yesterday, this is indeed embarrassing. This is indeed pathetic that Liverpool Football Club are penny-pinching over a few million for a player that, and let's be honest here, Southampton have us by the short and curlies. They know it, we know it, the owners know it, so it's time to pay the money. Because you've wasted a summer sitting around assessing a situation that could have been dealt with very early on. Let's be honest, Southampton said to Liverpool, it's 50 million, pay it or you don't get them. And I used an analogy last night. If you or I went to buy a house and it was half a million quid and the owner said... Don't bother putting in a bid. It's half a million or we're not selling. We're in no rush to move out. We don't need to move for financial reasons. Give us the half million for the house or we're not going to take the offer. And then I went on to offer a 450, 460. You'd get a bit of a pain in your hoop, wouldn't you, if you were the seller? So in this situation, Liverpool would have known. It is 50 million. That is the number. Pay it or don't. But either way, he's 50 million. And we have to pay it because we have dawdled and waited around too long. You can't now go and start to look at the likes of a Decore or somebody like that because you put in a lot of investment and time into convincing Romeo Lavia that his future lies at Anfield. So we've got to get it done or we face leaving another player high and dry. Now, to go back to Kefren Thuram, apparently we have left him high and dry. Apparently Liverpool looked at the numbers that Nice wanted and the money the player wanted and walked away. And I'm okay if we did that at the start of the window. What I am not okay with is that nothing has happened in the meantime. And I mean nothing. First week of the window, we got the boys in. We lost two players and we've done nothing. And yet some people seem to think that they can sit on their high horses and talk down to other fans for having the barefaced gall, the cheek to call the owners out for this and to want more for our manager and to want more for those players who are still at the club. And I think that's the bare minimum we as fans should be doing, is calling out the wrongs. Because, and I've said this numerous times, one of my biggest fears is that we look back on Jürgen's time at Liverpool and we think of what could have been, what might have been. So I don't want that to happen because I know what a special manager we have. I know you know what a special manager we have. So we need to be proactive and we need to put the hammer down. And if you're not with us, you're against us. It's that simple. 
If you want a brown nose, you want to tow the company line, we won't forget. The streets won't forget. You can be as arrogant as you want about it. You can talk down to as many people as you want. But ultimately, there are a lot more fans outside the city of Liverpool than there are inside the stadium. It's important that they remember that at times because we're fucking massive. Liverpool around the world are massive. Liverpool are a huge entity. And everyone's happy to take your money. Everyone's happy for you to buy your jerseys, your TV packages, your occasional trips over. But don't you dare get ahead of yourself. Don't you get too big for those little boots because, you know, there are others who like to think that their shit doesn't stink. Well, it does. And you're part of the problem. So get with it or shut up and move aside and let the rest of us do what needs to be done. Uh, Colin, thank you, mate. Appreciate you. Cara mentioned we might be waiting for Shuameni. That would be brilliant. But my argument here would be, why wait? Put the bid in now. Let's test the waters. Let's see what the reaction is. Because, okay, Real Madrid might say no. The player might say no. But doing this in a couple of weeks' time, even more dangerous in my humble opinion. So Chelsea have triggered the release clause for... Uh, Tyler Adams, the youngster from Leeds United, American national team uh, player. And one of the messages my friend said to me was, why do they need more midfielders? I guess they just want to make sure that they have enough in reserve, that they have enough players, that they have enough options. Wouldn't that be nice? Like we can talk about the money Todd Bowley is pissed up against the wall. And it's been a lot. But at least they're doing something. At least he's trying to give Pochettino the opportunity to go out there and be successful. No stones being left unturned there. From our perspective, can we say the same about our owners? Again, I'm going to remind you of FSG's words. These aren't mine. These aren't Jurgen's. These aren't yours. These are FSG's words. We want to under-promise and over-deliver. They are words that, as soon as I heard them, I knew I was never going to forget. FSG have certainly not under-promised and over-delivered. They have absolutely under-delivered and over-promised. Now it's time to put your hand in your pocket, John, or sell. Because we're not going to fall for it again. We're not going to listen to your lies again. We're not going to be persuaded by the echo or any other mouthpieces that you have on side to tell us that things are great, the owners are brilliant, the money's coming in, Liverpool are in a great position. We've heard it before. We've seen it before. We've bought the t-shirt before. And right now, we're frustrated. We're angry. And we're all asking the same question. Where's the money, John? Where's the money? Uh, since the 16th of June, we've only brought two players in and I called every name the sum by people on Twitter. Now look at the mess we're in. I said it as well, Bruno. I said it all along. I don't believe these owners. I don't have faith in these owners. And yeah, when that first two transfers got done, mate, I thought, maybe I'm wrong here. You know what? First two transfers went quite smoothly. We got Dominic Sobotsloy. We got Alexis McAllister. And I was thinking to myself, okay, this could be a special summer. And now I feel terrible about me because I was I was lured in a little bit. I dared to dream. I dared to believe. And I've used this analogy a few times, but I feel like we are we're an abused partner in this relationship. You know, we te- we've we're used to so little positives with regards to transfers that we're now accepting of the bare minimum and we shouldn't. We are one of the most valuable sports clubs in world football and we're being ran like a mid-table French club. It's embarrassing. Um, 
Canters, thank you for your super chat, said, really frustrated. Okay, we might have Lavia, but we'll get another midfielder and a defender because we need them. Look, even if we get players in, right, if Lavia signs tonight, if we bring in a centre-back tomorrow, and if we add in another midfielder the day after, it's still not good enough. And the reason it's still not good enough is, quite simply, Jurgen Klopp has not been given the best opportunity to prepare the team for an assault on the Premier League. Because when we play Chelsea in the opening game, and I would dare to say when we play Bournemouth in the game after that, nobody that we sign between now and then will start. Because they quite simply won't be up to speed. And they have many things that sometimes we don't think about as football fans that they have to sort out. A new home, place for their kids in school, getting used to a new language, language potentially. There is a lot that goes into a transfer. And there's a reason Klopp said he wants these done early. Because he wants players to settle. He wants them to feel at ease. And of course, happy people are productive people. That's common sense in any business. If your players are happy and fulfilled and their families are settled and they're up to speed on the training pitch, you've every opportunity for those to go out there and perform to their best. We aren't getting that opportunity now. For a, for a set of owners that want to be lauded as geniuses and want to be spoken about as clever and shrewd operators, they are very, very dumb in some regards. Where was the succession planning? Because, remember, we're only mere fans, but we all knew we needed a midfielder at least a year ago. We all knew that our midfield was ageing. I knew Fabinho was going to be sold a month before he was sold because I knew the offer was coming in and I knew £40 million would be too much to turn down because I think they overpaid. But we took the money and what have we done with it since? Nothing. We've gone to Germany. We've done that camp. We've gone to Malaysia. We've done that camp. And then we sat at home and have done nothing else other than get the piss taken out of us by a championship team. That's, that's how this window has gone so far for us. We've been bullied to lose our captain to Saudi Arabia. We've lost Fabinho. And right now, we've got no six. But we're being try somebody's trying to convince us that Jones can be the six. That's not fair on Curtis. Curtis is a front-footed player. Curtis Jones worked very hard to get back into the good graces of many fans, myself included, and of course back into the manager's good graces. And it's very unfair for him to shoehorn him into a number six position where he'll probably look bad in it and get criticised again. So again I'm going to ask, where's the money John and what are you doing? If you don't want to be here John, and you clearly don't, sell up, go, take your profit and move on with FSG and invest elsewhere. Because the real Liverpool fans around the world, the ones that aren't in your back pocket, we can see through your lies, we can see through your nonsense, we can see through your false promises, your bravado, your bullshit. That is what it is, sir. Sell the club or act like an owner that wants to win. We're not asking you to sign Mbappe. We're not asking you to break world transfer records. We're asking you to do what your peers are doing. We're asking you to run the football club like you mean business. Again, I will point out, we won the Champions League and we went out, I believe it was the Champions League season, we went out in the next window, brought in Harvey Elliott, Seth Vandenberg and Adrian. That is not consolidating your position and strengthening from a position of strength. That is once again embarrassing and doing the bare minimum. Uh, Cabbage Turnip said, Hi Craig, love the show. Could it be the recruitment team that's a fault here? So, yes. Of course, it could potentially be the recruitment team. But Cara made a very good point. You say as if John's listening. 
Do you not think that John W. Henry's team monitor social media? Because if you don't think that's the case, my friend, you're very, very mistaken. John W. Henry absolutely monitors social media. Uh, I know this because when we were going to America about two years ago, Liverpool reached out to certain supporters clubs and asked them what their business was with us. So I know only too well that John W. Henry and Liverpool monitor a lot of stuff, mate. So don't be naive. I'm not trying to say we're big and everybody follows us. Not at all. I was shocked to find that out. But don't be naive about this. They know. Um, What else we got? That isn't how you stay up top. That's how you stagnate. Yes, exactly. We should have gone out there after winning the Champions League and bought two of the best players in Europe. Two of the best young hot properties in Europe and laid down the marker that this wasn't a fluke, that we don't want one Champions League, we want a dynasty under Klopp. Say what you want about Florentino Perez and Real Madrid, but look at how they rebuilt that midfield. Bellingham, Schuamendi, Camavinga, to come in and they've already had Valverde, Modric, Cruz. And they've rebuilt that from the ground up by selling Casemiro to United and replacing them with a young world-class player. That's how you rebuild a team. You don't do it by nickel and diming. You don't do it by telling your manager you've got no money or by lying to the fans that the wage bill is restrictive. United have already offered 43 million for Christensen and we're here being linked to FC. It is so frustrating because the old excuse was that the players weren't available or the wage bill was prohibitive or that we couldn't improve on the players that were at the club. Jurgen Klopp told us before, how could we improve on the attributes that are offered by Keita, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Milner, Henderson? Oh, I don't know, Jurgen. Perhaps by having players that are fit and available to play. Perhaps by understanding that in the five years that Jurgen Klopp has been the manager, these guys have gone through a lot emotionally, physically, mentally, and are fatigued, are tired, and they haven't seen young guns come through to put pressure on them, to push them out, to add to competition in the squad. So yeah, succession planning has been very, very, very poor. And whatever way you want to dress this up, Jamie Carragher made another very good point in what he said. Liverpool have had three sporting directors in 18 months. A club that has been the picture of stability in that regard with Michael Edwards are now taking an old man from Germany out of retirement to come and help us in the summer window and I still don't know what he's done. No disrespect meant to George Smacker, I don't know the man. But I'm not seeing or hearing him on planes or jets flying around trying to get deals done. We've seen the Sobitzlai deal happen when we were in with Carvalho and we were against the clock there because of the release clause and they made that happen quickly. So what else were we planning? Where's the centre-back? Who is he? Because Klopp wants them, but once again, we're scratching our heads saying, who do we want? Is it Inacio? Well, if it is, he's still sitting there with a release clause. Is it Mark Gay from Crystal Palace? I don't know, but he's still there. If it was Colwell, it was very clear very quickly he was going to sign a new deal at Chelsea. Move on. Josko Gvardiol, £78 million, a Liverpool fan. And what did we do? We allowed Manchester City to go out there and buy him and strengthen their hand even more. The team that we're trying to play catch-up to has just gone out there and signed the perfect replacement, the perfect backup for Virgil van Dijk, and we've let it happen without even trying. 
It's embarrassing. And we're so used to underachievement and underinvestment that some people think this is the norm. It isn't the norm. It's the norm under FSG who do the bare minimum and want maximum applause for it. The only thing that they understand is negative PR and outrage. And unfortunately, that's where we're going to have to go. Now, I'm not talking about anything illegal. I'm not calling on people to do anything intimidating or anything like that. What I'm asking you to do is be on social media and let it be known where your position is on the owners. Let it be known where you see this club at right now and what you would like to see done. That is your right as a fan. Uh, Craig is an American fan. FSG does the same with the Red Stocks. Initial investment and success and then suddenly cheaping out. Thank you, Devin. You know what, bud? One of the things that made me laugh about FSG when they came in was that they undertook this um they undertook this sense of what should we do at Anfield? Should we redevelop Anfield or should we move to a new stadium? We all knew that there was no way on earth they were leaving Anfield. And it isn't because of potentially the right reason. Because there's a lot to be said for the history, the tradition, the hallowed turf of Anfield. But they had no intention of ever building a new stadium because it would have cost them a lot more money. So they played everybody, they made it sound like they were actually weighing it up, and then went and did the main stand and the Annie Road end. And then we're supposed to be all grateful for that bare minimum investment that they will see the fruits of when they sell the club, but you and I will pay for. It's, it's silliness and it's naivety. And we as football fans are once again being looked at as idiots, taken for fools. Well, I tell you what, They've massively underestimated football fans yet again. Because football fans that I know come from every walk of life. High-end tech people, police officers, solicitors, people that work in supermarkets, everybody. And we can all stand a lot of stuff, but we can't stand being lied to. We can't stand people looking in our eyes, telling us one thing and doing another. And that's what we've seen over and over again with these owners. Nobody wants to be here doing this. Do you think I want to be sitting here now, five days away from the league starting and not be talking about the possibilities, not be talking about formations, players, where they're going to play, who's going to be pushing who? Of course we do. But this is what we've been dragged into by these owners. Uh, Ushin boy, thank you, bud. So, where are we at with regards to a few bits and pieces? So let's talk about Andre for a second. Andre Trinidad from Fluminense. So we know 40 million is the number that is in. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
this contract as a release clause. There was some talk that 20 million might get that deal done. But once again, we have to wait and see if they get knocked out of the Copa Libertadores because then Liverpool might get them on the cheap. This is it. This is the truth. This is the reality of the situation. Rather than just going and getting them and getting it done, we wait to see if there's a possibility we'll get them on the old cheap because maybe they get knocked out by Argentinos juniors. That's where we're at. There are some really, really cool people on Twitter that know their onions when it comes to football transfers and football finance. I constantly say this, even though this man works for another channel. Check out Mo Chatra. He's absolutely fantastic. He works with Anfield Index. Shout out to those guys as well. And Mo knows his stuff. And he will tell you very clearly how Liverpool can afford to do these bigger deals. But we choose not to. Look at Paul Tompkins of the Tompkins Times, somebody who I deem to be the font of knowledge for all things Liverpool. I mean, if you want to know about Liverpool Football Club, he's the guy. Paul Tompkins is fantastic. Read up on his stuff as well, the Tompkins Times. Fantastic articles. The one thing we need to do in this conversation is come together. Because divisiveness, shouting each other down, belittling each other, is not going to get the job done. We need to understand that we all want the same thing. We all want success. We all want those beautiful moments where we're cheering the boys on from inside the stadium, outside the stadium in America, Los Angeles, California, New Zealand, Australia, Dublin. That's what we want. Those moments. Because Liverpool Football Club can touch us all. Liverpool Football Club can bring people together. But it can also cause people to turn on each other. And make no mistake about it. This is a tactic. The fact that there's this... And they spoke about this when Inair was there. There's this strategic biting point where they want demand to outstrip supply for tickets. This is all... I have to be careful what I say. But it's no accident. It's no accident that when stuff gets difficult, when tickets aren't available, when things start going a little bit awry, it's fans against fans. The very people that want a team to do well, are forced to turn on each other because of a lack of opportunities, because of a lack of availability. It doesn't look like some people want success, said Connor the Red. Uh, facts, Craig, thank you, said Kingsman. Uh, West Ham are spending 30 million on a proven CDM and Alvarez, and we're here getting bullied off 50 million by Championship Club. So that is one... That is one player, mate, that a lot of Liverpool fans have been very confused about why we're not in that conversation. Now, I can't say what Jurgen Klopp's thought process is, Techers, but I can tell you as a football fan, I'm asking myself a very similar question. Why are we not out there trying to bring in somebody like Alvarez, who would have been good enough for Borussia Dortmund, remember? But that deal fell through, but yet we're sitting here, and it's clear Klopp wants Lavia. It's very, very clear because of how long we've been at it. So just get it done. Every league place that we lose due to a tricky start of the season will make up the difference in money. Like I've said this in previous streams, the five million that we were nickel and diming over is the exact amount of money we pissed up against the wall to sign Arthur Mello, a player that anybody would have been able to tell them wouldn't have worked. And then we had his, I think, 80 odd grand a week in wages on top of that. So why weren't they worried about money then? When they were cheaping out and throwing good money against the wall. I don't see anybody criticising them for that. I don't see any of these media outlets that like to blow smoke up their arses asking 
why that was the solution when all along everyone and his dog knew we needed a midfielder but last day last minute we cheaped out and look what happened we're in the Europa League this season entirely predictable Uh, Southampton getting beat 2-0 look Romeo Lavia wants Liverpool Romeo Lavia's camp want Liverpool Liverpool want Romeo Lavia as I said all along this will get done but it's still not good enough because Lavia is not going to solve our summer he's one part of it but we need at least two more signings after that that loan was a sign of things it was Truly, I, I, and do you know what got me about the loan the most, if I'm being really honest with you? What, what really hurt me about that loan of Arthur Mello is that we were so desperate for a little glimmer of hope that some people were actually overestimating what his impact was going to be. And you know what? That's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing that they want us to do well. But we all knew he wasn't going to be good enough. There's a reason Barca were happy to move him on. There's a reason Juventus didn't really want him there. It's because he's not really up to the job. And he's not really anywhere near Liverpool quality. So it was just a waste of money. And it was a transfer that was done just to, I guess, buy them some wiggle room. Buy them a bit more breathing space. And you've already seen the articles, right? I'm guessing that you've seen what I've seen. That over the last couple of weeks, we've started to see talk about this investment, this mythical investment that has been spoken about for about 18 months now. Liverpool were in a position where they were apparently looking to sell the club, according to David Ornstein. That became apparent very quickly they weren't doing that. Then we were talking about this investment, and we'd seen people like Liberty Media mentioned. We'd seen other outlets mentioned. And yet, all of a sudden now, this is coming around again. And why is that? Because they're kicking the can down the road. They're talking about the future big windows again. Don't get fooled by it. Don't buy into it. Don't listen to it. They are just buying time. Has Nat Phillips gone? Not yet, Martin. There's like I don't I honestly don't know why this deal is dragging its heels, but there's supposed to be an eight and a half million to ten million pound deal on the table for him to go to Leeds. I think it's a great signing for Leeds. I think it's a great move for Nat Phillips. And I think he'll be loved by the Leeds fan base. But I don't know why that deal hasn't been done yet. Uh, the only thing Manchester United Liverpool should think about was how we get past City. Yes. And by potentially going in there and getting guard or excuse me uh Guardiol, that would have made a big statement because he would have i'm guessing chosen liverpool now look we could never compete with city for wages but when we got that big bonus money for fabinho and henderson there's no reason why jürgen klopp couldn't have got josko Guardiol. there's no reason why the owners couldn't have splurged that bit extra instead of a 30 or 40 million center back go out there and bring in a 70 or 80 million center back because I'm sure Klopp wouldn't have said no. Why do we still have Adrian? Oh, dude. It's a tough one, isn't it? Like, not only are we the first club to give Adrian an extension, we're the first club to do it twice. Now, look, I'm not so upset with Adrian still being here as a number three. Because, in fairness, I was very against it. But then I read a James Pierce article... And it was very fair. And it said it's a tricky position. 
to find somebody reliable and professional who will actually give a damn. Now, he's not good enough to be a first-team keeper, but as a third-choice keeper, look, understandable. But if I'm Cuevin Kelleher and I'm earning a lot less than him, there is questions to be asked there. Would finishing top four be considered a success this season, said uh, Shea or Chagon. Um, I don't know the answer to that. Top five will get you Champions League this season, by the way, the way it's shaping up, just to reiterate that. So people have often asked me, why is it top five? So as we know, this is the last season with the old style Champions League format before it gets switched to the Swiss model. So once it gets switched to the Swiss model, uh, part of this new revitalization of the Champions League is that there are some legacy places. So the club, with the two leagues with the highest UEFA coefficient are getting an extra place each. At the moment, that's the Premier League and La Liga. So as long as English clubs and Spanish clubs do relatively well in Europe this season, they'll maintain that position and it will be a fifth place that will get you Champions League this season. So from that perspective, I often ask myself, is this one of the reasons why FSG aren't investing? Because they think, right, four, five, we've a much better chance of getting one of those five places. And we know that that's all they want, is that Champions League money, that revenue from getting into Europe's top competition. So if they think that we can do it with minimum investment to get fifth place, I definitely wouldn't be putting it past them to roll the dice again, even though they've rolled the dice twice. They got away with it once last season, didn't get away with it. Um... Joe Angus, thank you, buddy, for gifting five Anfield Agenda memberships. Now, remember, if you are a member of Anfield Agenda Ultras, which is the higher of the two memberships, if you look on the membership section of our channel, you will see a link to come and join our Discord. It will only show for Ultra members, so do check that out. Um, and who did they go to? They've gone to Raza, they've gone to Callum, they've gone to Forever LFC, Gumi and Steve Min. Uh, another super chat here from Pranav said, Craig, have you seen Van Dyke's comments? Yes, I'm going to go through them for you now, mate. So your, Virgil van Dyke has been speaking, and this is what he said. I think we all feel much fitter than we did at this point last year. Obviously, there's still work to be done for the pitch, but uh, we play, uh, excuse me, obviously there is still work to be done on the pitch with the way we play and defend. He also said, let's see if more players are coming in and then we have to be ready for a long season. Let's see isn't good enough. Let's see, and I'm not moaning at Van Dijk here. I mean, the fact that we're still talking about if it happens is a joke. If Liverpool need to get more bodies involved in getting these deals done, then throw more bodies at it. But again, we start away at Chelsea. It's not like we have a handy one at home and we're thinking, right, well, we make do with what we have. They're a direct competitor. They are somebody who is going to be looking to get into that top five and put themselves right back in Europe's top competition. And they're giving themselves the best chance of doing it by spending money. Now, they've spent too much money and they've thrown a lot of it away. But we start off with that game. If we lose that game, one, it's going to make fans turn even quicker. Two, the frustration levels will go through the roof. And I, I can't forget that. It really worried me when I read Miguel Delaney's piece that said 12 months ago, Jurgen Klopp... No, I want to be fair. It said 12 months ago there was a feeling from many people within the club that Jurgen Klopp could walk. Why do you think that might have been? Because things were getting sour very quickly. Now, I don't know if Jurgen Klopp has too much control over things at the minute. But whoever's to blame, it needs to be resolved. We need to get transfers done and very, very quickly. Because Europa League is not acceptable for this football club. Once acceptable as a mishap, Twice unforgivable. 
Right, sorry, still trying to get through as many of your comments as I can. We should get Caicedo and Spence from Spurs, said Dixie Normals. So the fact that Liverpool Football Club haven't been in the conversation for Caicedo, despite the echo and many other outlets trying to pull the wool over our eyes and say, you know, link us there. It's a joke. Carragher's right. Yes, he's expensive. Yes, we probably have to overpay. But look what our comp- competitors are doing. Arsenal, 100 million on Rice. Chelsea, 106 million on Enzo. And we have an opportunity to bring in a player in Caicedo who not only could solve that DM role, but could also give us help a fullback because we know we can play at right back or left back if needs be. And the fact that we aren't even, as fans, able to have a serious conversation about that possibility, that's an indictment to the owners again. Why shouldn't we be able to have that conversation? Why shouldn't we be expecting the likes of Caicedo? Oh my God, how has 46 minutes flown by? Wow. So look, I've been talking a lot. I want to hand it over to you guys now and go through your comments. So before I do a couple of things, one, I want to thank my team because as you can see, we've changed up for this season. We have a new camera. We've got a new background. We've got new graphics. And I want to just take a minute to say thank you to the team that work hard behind the scenes. Often at times, these guys don't get the credit they deserve. And I'm here to make sure that they do get that credit. So could we get some love hearts going in the chat for the guys who helped us to get to this point? Because we're serious this season. We're setting out ready to go. And it's important for me that it's a team effort. Because I get the glory. I also get the abuse. But these guys are the real superstars behind the channel. So if we can get a little bit of love for those guys in the chat. And also, if you are new, you're very welcome to our community. I hope you're enjoying the stream. Don't forget, drop a like on the video. Do hit that subscribe button and of course please do keep your comments coming because they do mean the world to us and everybody has the right to have an opinion here. Check WhatsApp one second, I will. JC Galvanil, thank you my friend. I've just been made aware by our amazing chief moderator Mark that you gifted 10 memberships before the stream dude. Thank you so much. I know that that will greatly... Uh, help those 10 people to to be more active in the chat and certainly it's a great sign to what our community is about so thank you pal jeff has said aim for the sky and you'll reach the ceiling aim for the ceiling and you'll stay on the floor yes sir absolutely i've seen two different big youtubers say we'll finish second this season without having signed at least two more midfielders so right now i think there's a possibility of third Techers, if I'm being honest with you. Um, and if everything went perfect and we didn't have injuries, maybe we could roll the dice a bit higher. But I don't think you'll find many people that feel like we're ready for a title challenge. And we should be. That should be the aim. Should we be saying FSG out or FSG do better? That's a fair question. That is a fair question. But what I would say, um, who was it, Elvar? What I would say, my friend, is I think there have been a lot of people that have been willing to give the benefit of the doubt previously. And I was probably one of them. But for me, the Super League opened my eyes up to exactly the type of person that John W. Henry is and exactly what they want to achieve. So I think, I don't think they've any... I don't think they're going to change their spots. I think these are leopards that won't change their spots. I think this is how they do business. And 
Look, in some ways, and I've tried to be fair about this before, I do understand that when they bought Liverpool Football Club, they bought it under the belief that FFP was going to be implemented. So for the first few years when they seen City and you know other clubs do what they've done, I did have some sympathy because they thought, okay, we can come in, we can bring in some top-level statisticians, some really good recruitment team, and we can find someone, some hidden gems. And we had some success with that. But football, for whatever reason, be it right or wrong, has moved over the past couple of years. And it is now becoming crazy what you have to pay for talent. So FSG got to a point, a tipping point for me about two or three years ago where they had to decide what they wanted to do. Whether they wanted to sell up or they wanted to stay. And they've decided to stay. So if they're staying, and it looks like they are, they have to do better. And if they don't, and they haven't shown that they want to in this window, I think we've every right to look for them to go. Uh, Sigon said, loving the new setup. Well done, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Our net spend is $43 million this season. Um, yeah, there are thereabouts. It will be lower when Nat Phillips move on, but yeah. And that's been our net spend roughly consistently so where is the 100 150 200 million that we were told was there where is the money for the generational talent it's a fair question uh el scouse eight said super league furlong of staff red sox history two weeks left to rescue this there is a lot of comparables between what's happening at the Red Sox and what happened at Liverpool. Some initial success, and there was success. We have to be fair about that. You know, we did win every trophy once. The Red Sox, I think, won two or three World Series. Certainly broke the curse of the Bambino. But my argument has always been, John W. Henry and Tom Werner and the rest of FSG, most of them live in Boston. They walk around Boston. They grew up in Boston, the Red Sox fans. If they aren't willing to keep their hometown team competitive, what hope have we got? And, you know, whilst I won't, will say that they're very separate entities and they're ran separately, if they don't have the ambition for their hometown club, why do we believe that they'll have the ambition with us? And I think that's a fair question. I think it's a fair assessment of what we see. Uh, Mark O'Hearn, welcome buddy to Anfield Agenda Ultras. Appreciate your support, sir. What about if we could get Gravenberts for a decent price? He's not good enough. Again, let's be frank about this. Nothing about Ryan Gravenberts in the last 18 months, be it at Bayern Munich, the under 21 Euros, nothing suggests that that dude is going to save us or nothing suggests that he will be an immediate difference maker. And again, we could have had Ryan Gravenberg at the very start of this window, but we didn't. And there must have been a reason for that. I don't think he's good enough. There's definite talent there. There's definite ability there. But I don't think he's deserving of a move to Liverpool. I feel if Liverpool revisit Ryan Gravenberg, and this is just my opinion, it's because we're cheap. It's because the owners will look at it and go, well, there's a 30 million midfielder. Go get him. Not the right answer. Not the answer that we should be getting. But I feel it's the fair answer. 
Craig, if you were in Klopp's position, what was your starting eleven for the Chelsea game? So, okay, I'm going to try and tackle that one. I actually thought McAllister did reasonably well in the six. For somebody who, yes, has played there previously, but isn't naturally a six, I feel far more comfortable with him in the six rather than Curtis Jones. So I guess I would go Trent at right back, Robbo at left back, Virgil van Dijk and Canade as the centre-backs, obviously Alisson in goal. Moving into midfield, I'd have Alexis McAllister in the six. Obviously Trent joins in possession then to give us this three-box-three formation. Ahead of him, I'd probably go Curtis Jones and Dominic Sobotsly in the two advanced midfield positions. Um, and then it gets tricky. Salah on the right, no issues. Lucho on the left, no issues. But uh, my gut tells me to say Gakpo. But I can't ignore the good work in pre-season that Diogo Jota has done. So... I'd probably go Gakpo because we're away from home and then look to bring Jota and Darwin off the bench if we need to try and get something later in the game. But I was also impressed with Gakpo's versatility and you could make a valid argument to put him in one of those advanced midfield positions instead of Curtis Jones and then move Jota through the centre. So the gaffer has great options in attack. I think we'll all agree on that one. We've got a very, very competitive front five that I think we could... I think we could put up against any other teams and say we, we run out fairly well. Uh, Gakpo's better at dropping back. McAllister DM is an absolute waste. It is. It is, mate. I agree with you. But I think he played the position better than Jones. That's That's my point in this. But we should be having this conversation where it's a very simple one. We have a DM and then we're talking about McAllister and Sobitzloy or McAllister and um, Jones in the advanced positions. I'm, I'm with you, but these are the ha these are the cards that we have to play with at the minute. FSG out means Klopp out. I don't understand how you think that that correlates to the other. Do you not think a new, man or a new owner coming in would be happy to keep Jurgen Klopp involved? Or do you not think that Jurgen Klopp would happily work with another owner? Because I do. I think Klopp sees out his contract and then leaves regardless of what's going on. Because I think Klopp wants the break. You know, I've said this a few times. When you're managing a club like Liverpool or a club at the top of the Premier League, it's it takes its toll. I mean, look at Mourinho, look at Pep, look at Klopp, look at Conte. Look at any manager that's come in and done two, three-year spells. It's a difficult, stressful job. So I think it's... it's firmly fair that Jurgen wants a break from management but I do think if he has the opportunity he'll um he'll stay someone said Trent bro he lost a lot well who the fuck else are you going to play it right back with due respect because Bradley's got a knock so if we don't play Trent at right back what do you want to do play the invisible man there because we don't have any other options right now and remember, I got absolutely rinsed for being critical of Trent. Absolutely rinsed. Laughed at and called out by everybody in Sundry. Because I said what we were all thinking. That Trent Alexander-Arnold, midway through last season, particularly against Real Madrid, was a joke and a liability. But I got called out for that. But I stand over it. What I am happy to say is that at the end of the season, 
when he was brought in to play in this new hybrid role, we've seen a far more confident Trent. We've seen a Trent that was able to impact games in a much better way. Joe Gomez at right back? I mean, I'd much rather have Trent than Joe Gomez. If I'm, I, I mean, I can't hide that. Like, Trent isn't the number six. So the idea of him playing as our sole number six petrifies me. Because teams will just run through the middle of the pitch. We'll have nobody there to stop and break up play. Uh, Callum Spence said, if our defence was as good as our attack, we'd be unstoppable. Our attack are brilliant. And do you know what? I don't know if, if this is right or wrong of me to say, but I listened to Virgil van Dijk speak about the goals we conceded in pre-season and speak about how people often blame the defence and the goalkeeper when we concede. And yes, there's something to be said for defending from the front, and it is part of what we do. But we can't just ignore the fact that defensively we've been nowhere near good enough, that van Dijk has been nowhere near good enough, and that we've been way too porous. And look at that defensive line again yesterday for the goal we conceded against Darmstadt. One ball over the top, and that was all it took. So... There's no need to be blaming anybody else when we haven't got people in the right positions or people covering. You have to just sometimes take your lumps and our defence hasn't been good enough. Uh, Craig, what would you say in playing Matip in Fabinho's position? I don't think he's strong enough. He's definitely capable from the point of view of, of, of taking the ball, breaking a line and picking a pass. But I don't know about his ability to actually break up play and do the tricky. It's a very specialised position, you know, because you're always walking the line of picking up a yellow. Unless you play for Manchester City as a defensive midfielder, in which case, apparently, you can foul as many times as you want before you get a yellow. The goal was shockingly easy. And it wasn't the first one in this preseason, my friend. And that's... Look, to some extent, yes. Pressing from the front in our system, condensing the pitch, it's important. Of course it is. But you just cannot give people that much time and space. And you cannot be that square on for a ball over the top. None of this matters if we beat Chelsea 3-0. Of course it does. Why doesn't it matter? It would just be papering over the cracks, John. And I would flip that on its head, mate. Does that mean that it becomes 20 times worse if we lose to Chelsea? Do you think we will get a recognised number six before Chelsea? Yes, Ross, I do. But he won't play. <laughs> and that's the worry, right? Because even if we sign Lavia now, it's very unfair to expect him to be dropped in and play against Chelsea without having had many training sessions or even know where he's living at that point. So whoever signed now, I don't think we see them play for a few weeks in all honesty. How was the show? Um, I think it was good. The feedback I've got was very good, mate. I'm my own biggest critic, so I'm always looking to do better and everything, but I think it went well. Would I have signed Liveramento? No, because to me, right back isn't a priority. Yes. So let me put it to you like this. Going into this transfer window, we needed to get two advanced midfielders 
two defensive midfielders because we knew what was happening with Fabinho and Henderson. And we needed a left centre-back. And after those five positions were all ticked off, then I was willing to have the conversation about right-backs or other additions to the squad. But we haven't even done what I consider the bare minimum yet, which is five incomings. We've lost eight. If you look at the players that have moved on or have gone out on loan, and we've replaced them with two. 22-man squad. The smallest registered squad in the Premier League. We are... 17th and have probably potentially even fallen down this list further in the amount of players signed by clubs in this window 17th in the rebuild summer the rebuild what happens if we get Lavia but no centre back we pray that we don't pick up an injury to Virgil van Dijk or Matip or you know it's, it's still touch and go because there's a very valid argument to be made that Van Dyke needs pressure put on him. That Van Dyke needs competition. Because without competition, he can just ghost through. And now that he's the captain, the possibility of him being dropped, I would say, reduces even more. So we need to get a competition or a competitor in to make sure that he's pushed for that spot. Craig, will you do a special live show if Liverpool make the Europa League final? So, the venue, the Sugar Club, did say to us, would we be up for it? If Liverpool got to the Europa League final, would we be up for doing it? And do you know what? I think a watch-along in the Sugar Club with a barbecue outside and all of that would be brilliant. Uh, so, I look, first and foremost, I'd like to go to the game if we got to the final in Dublin. But... Barring that, yeah, I'd love to do something where we all come together for a watch-along. Um, you know. So lots of people talking about Tamori again, saying he'd be a good fit. Uh, why don't we go in for Pavard and Andre? So Pavard, I'm unsure of. I, I'm unsure of if we need to spend that much money on somebody who probably isn't... I'm not convinced on Pavard. I think there's better options for smaller money. Andre, look, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for Andre. Right now, if I could end this window perfectly, um, yeah, it went a bit laggy there for a second. Apologies. Yes, it did. I did see that on my end. Sorry. That's on me. Um, yeah, for me, if we ended this window with Lavia and Thuram and then brought in a centre-back, you know, I think we've done enough, but not quickly enough. But that's what needs to happen minimum for me. Two midfielders and a centre-back. And we've got three and a bit weeks to do it. I blame Klopp for allowing Nunes and Gakpo fees to be sanctioned. To be fair, I actually think I actually think Gakpo was genius. You know, when we signed Cody Gakpo, I, like everybody else, was scratching my head going, why are we bringing in somebody to play through the centre when we need midfielders? But when Klopp spoke about the fact that Jurgen that he was um he was to help defend from the front and when we started to see that he was probably Bobby's replacement, I think it was genius. How tall am I? Five foot ten. Two DMs or one DM and another mid. I'd take one DM and another mid. The reason why is because obviously we have um Stefan by Chechich. 
who would come through and could give us another option as a defensive mid. Thiago can play in a deeper role if he's fit and available. And then we could look at this again next summer. So for me, one DM and another number eight would be the preference. Right, my friends, I've got to go and get a video recorded because I've a couple of messages on my WhatsApp around Lavia. So do keep an eye out. It's going to be recorded and going out over the next 20, 25 minutes. I will be back same time, same place tomorrow. I hope you can come and join me because we have a lot to sort out. In the meantime, make sure you're vocal on social media. Make sure you're calling the owners out. And remember, we need to bring Liverpool fans together. We don't need to, to strengthen or make this divide any bigger. We need to come together. So show some love to your fellow fans. Be respectful to each other as always. I know you will because you're great people. So thank you for your time. Do drop a like on the video, hit that subscribe button, and I will see you guys same time tomorrow. Much love and thank you for your support. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 